Hello and welcome to Talking HE, my name is Santini Vassant. In this episode we speak to Dr. Graeme Holden, former Director of Learning and Teaching at Sheffield Hallam University and now an independent consultant. Hello, yeah, I'm Graham Holden. I used to be Director of Learning and Teaching at Sheffield Hallam University up until two years ago. Since then I've been working as a consultant, higher education consultant, and as part of that, I've been working with an organisation called Invisible Grail, which is a collective of writers and HE professionals. And we use uh, storytelling and writing as ways of helping individuals, organisations, uh, institutions capture their stories and tell their stories at their best. So I'd like to start off, Graham, by discussing narrative and why do you think that matters? Can I, and I'll start from a really simple thing. So a philosopher called Martin Buber, I think he wrote a book called I and Thou, a well-known thing from about 1940. And he talked about us um, being encased in armour. And that armour is effectively made up of the stories that we, we tell about ourselves and that others use to describe us. It's a really interesting concept. When you think about that, and our preamble was you were telling me some stories about yourself and your coming move. And it was really interesting. That's part of who you are. And you can you can easily then make a quite a simple leap towards. Well, of course, in our professional lives, we tell a story. And I kind of told you a bit of story when I opened, didn't I, about mm. where I was and where I've been. And you could beginning to get something about me. There was a little bit of story there. And, and so we're all natural storytellers. It's how we make sense. Um, it was an anthropologist, Mary Catherine Bateson, uh, describes as being all in the act of creation and com- in, in the process of composing our lives, whether that be personally or professionally. Mm. And so it's a big part of who we are and what we do, these stories that we tell. Narrative, as my writing colleagues and invisible grail once told me at one of our sessions is just a posh way of saying story really because uh, narrative is probably one of the most overused words in the english language at the moment um, but it it is really the use of stories and how we make sense of things and how we portray ourselves to others and mm-hmm. that has a real influence on how how they see us and how they relate to us and how they connect to us so how do you see stories that we lead in our professional lives come about? You could think about it from an individual um, and um, understanding how they present the stories that they tell about who they are and what they feel matters. So it can be incredibly important for an individual or equally for an organisation like an institution. So um, I spent the last couple of years working around the test, so the teaching excellence framework in the UK. And part of that has numbers, metrics, and part of it has a written response that wraps around those numbers. Mm. And I 
uh, spent a lot of time working with institutions around capturing um, their narrative and helping them write that text that wrapped around the numbers. And we did it um, by really trying to understand who they are, their values. So who are you? How does your institutional values and strategy connect to policies and then into practice and what how does that therefore re then result in outcomes if you like mm. and um, what came out of all that was really powerful stories about institutions and who they are and what they held dear and how that translated into practice and um, if you like that was what we were describing then as the golden thread this thread that weaves through connecting who you are why you do what you do and then the impact of those things that you do and that's how you told those really powerful stories and so that was the work that we did and so it had a real um positive that the conversations we had were incredibly positive because it was really helping people with understanding who they were and why they were doing what they were doing but equally those institutions that told a powerful narrative in their TEF submissions did well. There was a very, very clear connection between those who had a powerful narrative and could make these connections between value, strategy, policy and impact alongside the metrics. Mm. So I think it's incredibly important. Um, and you can do that by telling stories in effect. The narrative is just, if you like, the big narrative arc, but that's woven through with stories all the way through. So how might we go about doing this in practice as educators? Well, I think I'm particularly interested in educational development and educational development units where I feel um, they are in a really interesting place because with the pivot to online, they've suddenly become very important in institutions across the world and responding. But there is a risk that once we've gone past and we're into whatever normal becomes, that those areas are, we lose sight of them again. They, they become less important. And so we have a, an opportunity in educational development to make sure that our story, our narrative, who we are, what we do, and why what we do is so important matters. And so I think it is particularly aimed at those who, who are academic developers or educational developers. Um, and so there are, there are some simple things that you could do. Um, get together a group of people from your organisation, your unit, let's say an educational development unit. Ideally, not just the people who work within that unit, but people who you work with, mm. your allies, maybe, who are faculty academics, and ideally students, and maybe some other senior partners as well, your stakeholders. If you could bring them together, you can then do some really interesting um, things with them. Mm. And so a really simple technique to get at the values, who we are, why do we do what we do, is to get at, is to ask some simple questions. So this uses something called uh, free writing or automatic writing, where you simply, uh, against a prompt, write without really... Um, just essentially write what's in your head in a short time spell against a prompt. So you, you do two stages of this. The first is a, an icebreaker. And you ask everybody to say, to 
write down a response, say for three minutes, a response to I am from, where the I is you personally. And you get people to share that in small groups, twos and threes. And that starts to break down and get people relating. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I could say, hi, I'm Graham. I am from Liverpool. And um, I was, along with my brother, I was first in family to go to university. Um, hi, I'm Graham. And you could do those kind of things. And straight away, you found out something about me by, by the way I told you that story. Mm. The next stage of that, that's just simply an icebreaker, but it also connects people straight away. It's a very powerful way of connecting. Mm. It's to say, okay, I now want you to think about we. And the we in this case is educational development at the University of X. So we are from. As a community of educational developers who work together to impact and improve the quality of teaching, thinking about we are from. And then that, and you ask them to maybe write to that for maybe five minutes. Um, there's no talking, sit quietly, it can be quite unnerving, particularly if you're doing this in something like yes. Zoom. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, colleagues then get a chance to share and the exercise is to find the connections. What are the common ground? What, what, what are the common themes that emerge? Those common themes are the, the beginnings of the values that everyone shares around the work that they do. Mm. So you've got a starting point. This is who we are. This is what we're about. This is why we do what we do. Mm. And so that opens all sorts of things, but it gives you a sense of what, what matters, what really matters. The, the next stage then would be to move that on into um, a discussion around um, the activities that you do and the impact that you have. And so again, you could do another simple piece of um, academic writing or sort of automatic writing. And I think this time it's trying to get at what's distinctive and different about it. So we talked before we started recording around institutional context and where things like educational development sits. Mm. And um, so this, this one tries to get more at that distinctiveness and relates to context rather than the professional values that sit underneath. Mm. Um, so in this case, again, you're asking for some automatic writing and the prompt is the thing about educational development at the University of X is. Again, people have five minutes to start doing some writing and they, they can either write prose or they can just simply use post-its and just write key things about it. Um, mm. And this kind of gets towards the features. Yeah. So what was distinctive about my unit at the time was that we had educational technology, academic quality and um, professional development alongside each other in one unit. So quite a big unit mm -hmm. and that right. mattered hugely. Um, for example, what you then ask people to do is to to share their responses. They start grouping the themes and um, relating those to institutional priorities because effectively what comes out of this is more of a list of things that you do the thing about it is we prioritize this or we focus on that or we you know, so, so on so you relate that to institutional 
property uh, priorities and this gives you a sense of both distinctiveness but also relationship to strategy mm. so you're beginning to build up a picture but you should then spend a bit of time just thinking about how the values have informed those activities and how it relates so begin people are beginning to understand a bit more about who we are why we do what we do the question then is mm. and what impact does that have yes um and so this is the hard part then when you have to work through then these themes these groupings and and you ask some questions and build them up so um what is the impact of this activity what evidence do we have and what is it the people we work with say about the value of the work of, of this activity so you're building up a picture so you're building a link then between the values of the work you do the things you actually do and the impact of the work you do and so you're building this golden thread mm. yeah no i see that that's really powerful and that can make a really powerful conversation particularly if you can get different voices in the room of you know, the people that you work with so you get a real sense of who you are and you begin to start sharing the stories and understanding the stories that you're telling each other about the work you do or indeed beginning to think about what other stories that others say about the work that we do. Mm. So that last thing about what is it that people we work with say they value about our work is key because that's about the stories they may tell to their peers and therefore yeah. how you're seen and therefore maybe how people engage with you or not. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, which is always a challenge in central units. That's exactly, sorry to interrupt, where this has come from because the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I so wish I'd understood this when I was working in institution in educational development rather than now. It would have really um, influenced the work I did and the way I went about doing it. So it's kind of a reflection on that journey from being in, in the role and then moving out and doing this work around narrative with a whole group of different people and what what I wish I could tell my younger self and so I am kind of telling my younger self by talking about this and sharing this I think. Yes and hopefully you know the, the listeners um, listening to this will, will find this really useful. I wanted to touch upon why do you think educational development needs a narrative um, I think you've discussed it already but um, I have a little bit I think because I, I do feel that educational development is quite often um, not always fully understood or valued in an institution it can be and it might not be it's a, it's a really interesting place educational development because they 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 address the key challenges for institutions particularly now as we've pivoted online and they're, they're central often to driving forward the vision for education that an institution has. Mm. But they can often be poorly understood and undervalued. So the activities mm. that they do can often be, well, this postgraduate certificate that you do or those um, that work that you do around digital literacy. And so it's very often not well understood. And this gives a, a real problematic issue. I think Lorraine Stefani wrote about this, about the real challenge of a narrative back in 2013 and um, I think it's so important that we think about our profession and 
how it relates and the value it has and begin to tell our stories both within institutions but more widely in higher education as well mm. so if you think about those sector bodies that represent educational development i wonder if they could be more vocal in representing what i feel is a profession and i keep using that word don't i because mm. i feel it is a very clear identity professional identity within higher education I'm not sure everyone views it that way, and I think it should be. It's it's very distinctive. It's a very distinctive role. It has a whole literature around it, the scholarship around it, research around it, ways of working, and so on. Um, and I think that's so important. If we don't, um, there's a real risk that once we're back into some sense of normality, the work becomes marginalised again. Mm. Yeah, it's a very similar narrative. Sort of yeah. arguing for value for money and so on, yeah. and arguing for bits of resources. Yeah. When when we all know it's absolutely pivotal to driving forward an educational strategy for institutions. So that it's in a it's in this strange place. It always has sat in a strange place. I think what my reflection on all of this is, after all those years of working in it, is that maybe a narrative for us both in the sector, but also then within our own institutions would really help us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Is there anything else, Graham, that you wanted to add that we can kind of cut into this um, um, episode? Um, I mean, obviously I've talked specifically about educational development and you can relate this to, to um, any um, individual or organisation or unit or institution, so you, you could do this with within academic subjects. It works around course. Um, I wrote a blog around the importance of narrative in teaching and learning. So something really interesting about engaging students online and the, the importance of narrative and that narrative arc through the learning journey. I think your background as a learning designer might relate to that. Yes, yeah, no. And I, explaining I, how things connect. Mm, yeah, no. Why you're doing yes, what you're doing, yes, how that links yes. to the next thing. Yeah, no, of course. So you can relate, relate it much more widely. Mm. But I was particularly passionate about talking about educational development this morning. But you can see how it can easily relate to so many aspects of um, higher education, about learning, about how uh, people use these things or relate to these things. Yeah. As the interview drew to a close, Graham highlighted three resources which he describes and they're available in the description of this podcast episode? I think there are three things, um, a, blog, a blog, a resource base and a book. And so people can access different things. Mm. And so I'll give you, there's a blog around why teaching and learning needs a narrative, which I can send you the link to, which is on Invisible Grail. One of my writing colleagues wrote um, a piece which we've created into a resource base uh, about the A to Z of writing, which introduces you to different ideas of using writing techniques, which is part of what I've been talking about here, really. Yeah. And then there's um, a wonderful book called Dark Angels on Writing, which, um, again, was written by some of my writing colleagues, um, which has really made me think about how I put words together and how I relate to others and how I use those words to relate to others which I think colleagues would find really, really interesting. Um, and that's where I, uh, I think I mentioned this in the webinar, 
about once you've got a narrative, you need to think about how you communicate it and tell it. And um, Elon Lewis in that book, Dark Angels on Writing, um, talks about uh, finding a different starting point, finding a different angle, uh, and says, whatever you do, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. So find a different way to tell the story that you have, rather than having a, a rather dry report on all the things that you've done over the year as your evidence of impact. Maybe you could do something different that would really connect with people and help them understand the impact in a different way. Thank you to Dr. Graham Holden for his time. Coming up next time on Talking HE, the tables are turned when Dr. David Baum asks me some curriculum development questions. A preview coming up. Thank you, yes, and thanks for inviting me. Uh, or maybe I invited myself and you said yes, I'm not quite sure what happened here. I thought we would do something a little different. Um, I'm David Baum. I've been working in staff and educational development for approaching a thousand years now probably or 30 more seriously i was the founding chair of cedar and i've worked in international organizations as well um, i'm just fascinated by learning and how to help it and the many ways in which teaching and learning and course design both help and impede learning so staff and educational development academic development that's my thing and in particular what we're going to work on today which is course design I used to think improving teaching and learning was all about teaching and learning methods. It's not. It starts earlier. It starts with the design of the course. And rather than me bang on for hours about course design, we're going to show how the process works. And you've courageously volunteered on air to design a course. Find out what happens in the next episode of Talking HE. Until then, if you have any comments, questions or suggestions for new topics, then please tweet us at TalkingHEPod. Until then, I've been Santinivasant and this has been Talking HE.